to Pop Culture Footnotes, the podcast that keeps you in the loop on all things pop culture so you can talk about it with your friends. I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. And this week we are joined by Derek. Hello. Hi, Derek. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. We're really excited to have Derek. He's our Pixar expert, um, and he's calling in from Texas, so that's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this week we are talking about Pixar in preparation for the release of Incredibles 2. Um, But before we get to that, we're going to get into our Meet of the Week segment. So, Derek, as our guest, tell us about what you've been watching or reading or listening to. Yeah, so um, thanks for having me on again, by the way. I'm very excited to talk about this. I'm very excited about Incredibles 2. Even you just saying Incredibles 2 like, <laughs> <laughs> made me very excited. Um, something I've been watching lately, and it's it, it, um, I guess when this comes out, it will have ended um, a few weeks ago, but it's, the, it's a show on HBO called Barry, and uh, it stars Bill Hader. Um, from SNL, and this is kind of like a more serious role that that he's in, um, but he plays like an assassin, and uh, but he he ha- gets a job um, in Los Angeles that he has to kill somebody, but then he winds up in this acting class on in the pilot episode and discovers that acting is his true passion, not killing people. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like it's it's I've really been enjoying this first season, and I guess it was picked up for a season. Very excited about that. Um, it's just, it's a very, like, um, it's a very dark show, like, but it's but it's very funny. And I think the acting in it um, all around the board is is really good. So I'm, I've really been enjoying that show. Excellent. Great. I want to check that out. So I'm glad you recommended that. <laughs> I love Bill Hader. <laughs> that is great. Um, yeah, for me, um, I wanted to recommend another podcast, although I've only listened to one episode of it. Um, but so I'm a big fan of Dax Shepard, um, and Kristen Bell. Um, Dax was on Parenthood is the main thing that I know him from. Um, but he started doing this podcast called Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. Um, and he brings just a bunch of different celebrities on it. Um, but the first episode with his wife, Kristen Bell, and it's so like, it was life for me a little bit um just her worldview is so um I don't know she just has an amazing worldview her whole theory on life is um happiness versus suffering and making sure making other people happy and doing good things for them and just their relationship is so honest and yeah they're just really great humans (laughs) people I think we should all be looking up to so I enjoyed that Awesome. Um, so for me, I'm in a book club at work, which we have talked about on this podcast before. Um, but right now we are reading an old classic. It's Ian Forster's Room with a View. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You going to watch the adaptation after that? Of Helena course. Bonham Carter. That's actually kind of a fun one. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get right into it. So if you are watching sorry, not watching, listening to this <laughs> on her website. Um, we're, you should have seen a post along with this that has a bracket of Pixar movies. So that's what we're going to be working off of today. If you are listening on iTunes or Xbox FM or any other medium, check out our website. It is popculture-footnotes.com. Um, so that way you can follow along. So what we've got here is we've got 
this bracket of Pixar movies. Um, I wanted to explain how we did the seating on this before we start off. Yeah, just I'm to... so curious, Courtney. <laughs> yeah, so um, just to head off any concerns. So basically what we've done is I went on to IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, and I took the user ratings, so not the critics, but users, and uh, took their ratings and I averaged them out between the two sites um, based on the number of reviews, and I assigned a, a new score based on the aggregate, mm. and then I ranked them by that score. So... All right. Um, our number one seed, as you can see, is Coco. Yeah, I'm up in arms about that. <laughs> we'll discuss. <laughs> yep. Cool. So um, let's go ahead and start with our uh, our buy-in matchups. So normally in a bracket, you've got 16 seeds. Um, Pixar has released 19 movies. So we're going to be discussing, uh, let's go with Cars 3 versus A Bug's Life first. Nice. Derek, how do you feel about this matchup? <laughs> um... Yeah, I think this is a, a good matchup. It's kind of well-suited. A Bug's Life is, like, before Pixar, I think, became, like, really the confident uh, company that it has known is known to be. But um, I actually really like Cars 3 a lot from, from last year. So, I don't know. It's I think um, I would go with Bug's Life, this one, I think. I think it's a little bit more classic. But um, I know a lot of people maybe might be quick to dismiss something like Cars 3. And I actually really like, I think Cars 3 is much better than Cars 2. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But I'll go with Bugs Life for this. The jokes, the puns, the bug-related pun, puns alone make it, um, give it, give it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, Shannon? Um, so, full disclosure, <laughs> there are two Pixar films I haven't seen, and it is Cars 2 and Cars 3. <laughs> um, but, um, on the other hand, I... A Bug's Life is my least favorite of the Pixar <laughs> films. So this one's actually really hard. Um, I have an ant phobia, which isn't, it affects my decision on that a teeny bit. But um, yeah, I've just never, I really like Heimlich in that film, The Caterpillar. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just don't find it as charming or is, I mean, I think the thing about Pixar movies is a lot of them, it works on the kid level, but then for the adults, there's something deeper about, better takeaway and just that movie doesn't have that deeper level as much for me i don't know what it is but so i can't really say <laughs> i don't uh i mean i guess i have to go with bugs life because i haven't seen cars 3 that seems unfair <laughs> uh, by default though yeah yeah <laughs> yeah see for me okay i i think that we should go ahead and explain what these movies are if you haven't seen them um, so A Bug's Life is one of the earlier movies in the Pixar, I don't know, genre? Oeuvre? Canon, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Canon, yeah. Um, so A Bug's Life is about a colony of ants, and every year a big swarm of grasshoppers come and takes like a portion of the food that they've set aside for they themselves. They come, they eat, they leave. They come, they eat, they leave. Um so one of the ants goes and finds some quote-unquote warrior bugs to defend the colony. Turns out they're actually circus bugs, and but they all like have to come up with a plan to scare off the grasshoppers. I think that's a yeah. pretty good summary. Yeah, good summary. <laughs> um, Cars 3 is the third film in the Cars franchise, which mostly follows Lightning McQueen, um, who is played by Owen Wilson. 
and he is a race car. Um, the first film is about him kind of finding the right priorities in his life and realizing that being the best racer and beating all of these other guys is not the most important thing. He needs people who he cares about and who care about him. Um, so he learns to care about others. Cars 2 follows his buddy Mater for the most part. Um, he, he falls in with some spy cars and it's just generally awful. Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, Cars 3 goes back to Lightning and he is now, um, he's still top of his field, but then a whole bunch of new racers come and are faster than him. And um, so he's trying to beat them so he can stay in the game and keep racing. And he basically realizes that it's better to like, uh, Derek, maybe you do yeah. a better job of summarizing <laughs> this. I really like Yeah, you, you do like it or you don't like it? Oh, I love it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I so Cars 3 kind of fine. It's kind of it's almost like Cars 2 if Cars 2 didn't exist because <laughs> it's a more direct <laughs> like follow-up to the first Cars. It's more Lightning McQueen focused and he I think the <laughs> the real story is um he Lightning McQueen connects with this personal trainer named Cruz Ramirez and um she kind of tries to get him back to his spot because he um he's getting older. So it's kind of Cars 3, it's Lightning McQueen grappling with like age and, but as we get to see Cruz Ramirez, we see her skills and aspirations and kind of why she got to where she is. And I really like what happens to her character in that, in that movie. I do too. Um, I have to say between these two movies, I actually prefer Cars 3. I feel like it's quite possibly the strongest one in the franchise. Um, or sorry, within the Cars franchise. Mm -hmm. um, I really like the messages that it teaches my kids. Um, so, I mean, I like the idea of uh, basically teaching my kids that they can't always be the best. And what's important is keeping the right perspective and helping the people around you. Um, I also really like that Cruz Ramirez is a girl car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not really like a stated issue like yeah she's a girl and she races it's just kind of an inherent part of life that yeah girls can race it's not a big deal yeah um so yeah i really like that for that message it teaches my kids yeah it's uh, i think you yeah you have the strongest argument here maybe we should go with cars three on this one <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm good with that cool so we're gonna put cars three as winner there um, so let's go into another one of our buy-in matchups. So Toy Story 2 versus Cars 2. What do you think, Derek? So Toy Story 2 was actually my favorite movie for, like, a long time. Like, it was the first movie that kind of got me into um, Pixar in a way. And um, I, I was really surprised by it. I was 12 when it came out. And um, I, I just think it's really profound. I think that all the things that are good about Toy Story 3, I think a lot of them were started in Toy Story 2, and Toy Story 2 kind of takes the franchise in a new direction. Um, so I would definitely put Toy Story 2 over Cars 2, although I would stand up to Cars 2 for Car Cars 2 <laughs> in, in this way, which is that I think it is this wild movie. Like, I just kind of 
love the zaniness of it. <laughs> like that, like that. Yeah, it's, he said, uh, Mater. It's it's more Mater focused, which he's not my favorite Pixar character, but he. The plot of Cars Two is um, they're kind of going on a, a world tour, and so they're only in all these different countries. And like you said, Mater um, winds up with these um, <laughs> with these spies, and I just kind of love the craziness of it, the, the silliness <laughs> of it. Kind of kind of charming. And then Toy Story Two is about. Uh, you know, Andy's toys that um, we, we, Buzz and Woody have become friends in the first Toy Story. And, but now Woody has like an existential crisis as he comes to understand that he's not going to live forever or that he, he is going to live forever, <laughs> but that, his, that Andy won't. And so like he's thrown into a, a crisis there and, and, and is tempted to go off uh, to a museum to live forever. So that's kind of the plot of Toy Story 2. I would, I would choose Toy Story 2 in this battle. Okay. How about you, Shannon? I agree also because I haven't seen Cars 2, but that's a very um, good point. I haven't thought about how a lot of the things set up in Toy Story 2 affect Toy Story 3. Um, Just feeling like these toys don't always feel valued. You don't think about it because they're toys, but yeah, they want, um, like they want to be played with and appreciated. I, even as a kid, I'm trying to remember when these movies came out and how old I was. But um, it made me feel sad for my toys as a kid. Like, yeah. oh, I need to be playing with them more. That's all they exist for. <laughs> and <laughs> so, anyway, I yeah, I really like this. And and in, all the new characters like are really good in this too. Like Jesse, and that's often I think the downfall of sequels is that you don't care about the new characters as much as you mm-hmm. do the old ones. But I bought into everyone new on these. Good point. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's a pretty clear winner. It's Toy Story 2. <laughs> um, I can definitely appreciate that Cars 2 is zany and it's like, it's good for kids because I have two kids and they both love the Cars franchise and it's just because they already love Cars in general and then seeing them with faces and characters and personalities and doing things that people do, it's really entertaining for them. And Cars 2 basically allows them to see the cars doing these really cool, different things. Um, So, like, my son really loves Cars 2, but he's also five and has horrible taste. (laughs) (laughs) I also have a lot of bias against Cars 2 because, A, I've had to watch it so many times, and B, I am not a huge Mater fan, Um, and C, it... One of the things about cars is that, you know, there are all these anthropomorphized cars living in a world without humans, and yet they still have, like, door handles and, like, rearview mirrors and stuff. It is very confusing. (laughs) It is a little confusing. And it's one of those things that you can kind of just suspend in Cars 1 and 3. But in Cars 2, it's all about these lemon cars and how their engines are breaking down, but they're not dying when their engine dies. And they have, like, a whole scene where Mater goes to this black market in Paris, and they're selling, like, car parts. And I'm like, wait, so in the cars world, those are body parts. Yeah. (laughs) I've obviously thought way too hard about this movie. (laughs) I've seen it a million times. Because you know there's always these, like, dark theories about all these Disney movies, and I've seen a whole thing about cars being, like, humans became cars (laughs) in this dystopia. (laughs) I don't like that. It's really hard to ignore. (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, Toy Story, on the other hand, I really like the um, the emotions and the story behind it. I like the music a lot. I just feel like it's a better movie. Oh, yeah. When She Loved Me Alone should be oh, yeah. a oh, reason yeah. for that to win. Oh, yeah. it's a tearjerker. <laughs> cool. So are we Sounds in agreement like with Toy Story <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay, Toy Story two. Okay, our cool. Last Going into our play other in. Sorry, what? Last play and match. Good yep. dinosaur versus the Incredibles. Yep. How do you feel about the the hysteric? Um. So the Good Dinosaur is another movie that is kind of derided sometimes. It's so the Good Dinosaur. It's I think it's one of the lowest um like money making Pixar movies. It didn't do very well when it came out. Um. And it's it's about the little dinosaur named Arlo who um, goes on an adventure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, his his dad died. It's kind of it, it follows some of the same plot points that we've seen before, like parent death and and um, stuff like that. But the the kind of hook of the good dinosaur is that there's this um, human like dinosaur who meets a boy who is like his pet. So it's like a little dog like human which is kind of adorable um so that's good dinosaur and then the incredibles is this family of, of superheroes um who have had to put put down the capes as it were well they don't have capes to begin with actually which may, they make no points <laughs> but uh yeah so they have to stop being super powered in real life in a uh, normal life because um of lawsuits and uh, that's probably like the worst uh, description of the incredibles ever but that's the incredibles i think the incredibles is is one of the best movies like ever. So I would say The Incredibles beats The Good Dinosaur, but I will say I, I really like The Good Dinosaur. I'm curious what you guys think of The Good Dinosaur, though. Have you have you both seen it? Yes. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Shannon? I'll, <laughs> I'll weigh in after. Um, so I saw The Good Dinosaur not all that long ago, actually, and it's because I was um, up visiting my nieces and they wanted watch it and I sat there it was embarrassing because I'm like my friend was out and so I was supposed to be watching her kids and I was they her husband came back and I was sobbing over this movie and I thought oh it's just like this little kids movie and uh, yeah I was bawling Um, so I think I mean I really love The Incredibles it's arguably I think it's in the running for the top maybe spot on this bracket but um, yeah, Good Dinosaur is way better than ever the impression I've ever gotten of it. That part yeah. with his dad dying is super traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I liked The Good Dinosaur, but I, I don't think it was as strong as a lot of other Pixar offerings. Um, it's hard when it's a Pixar movie because you <coughs> kind of tend to judge it against, like, Finding Nemo and Coco and Toy Story. And, um... Like, it's good. I would definitely prefer it over, like, Boss Baby. But, But, I mean, if it's going up against The Incredibles, for me, that's a pretty easy pick for The Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. Dinosaur, though, is... Like, if I had kids... I don't know. If I had a child that felt bullied or the cute part about this is the dinosaur he's like the smallest one and feels like he doesn't have a place and so I can imagine that being kind of inspirational for kids that are smaller feel picked on it's like you can do it I it's yeah. really nice yeah but we should it's say a- good things about the Incredibles <laughs> yeah start talking that well, one up <laughs> and we should say that 
this is going to this bracket is going to have a lot of hard choices. It is. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to make some tough choices between movies that all make you feel things and teach good lessons, and it's going to be tough. <laughs> True. I want to say about Good Dinosaur one more thing that which is that I think it's a really beautiful movie, and it it, it used for inspiration a lot of like real scenery and real geographic um, like features of kind of the West and and places like Utah and Wyoming and and, and stuff and um, I really I really love the the scenery in in that movie I think it's one of Pixar's most beautiful movies to look at mm-hmm. yeah really agreed cool well let's jump over to the other side of the bracket again we're going to be looking at Toy Story 3 versus Cars 3 mm. um, which you remember Cars 3 was our winner for that <laughs> buy-in match uh, so Toy Story 3 is actually the second highest seeded in this bracket. Mm. Um, Toy Story 3 is the third movie in the franchise. It follows Woody, Buzz, Jesse, and the gang. Um, Andy has grown up and is going to college, and they want to be played with. They end up being donated by accident to a daycare, and then they find that the daycare is pretty miserable, <laughs> and it's being run by Lotso Bear, who's the villain. Um, and they're all about finding a way back to Andy or finding a way out of the daycare and figuring out what they want to do. Right? Yes? Yeah, yeah. All right, so t- Derek, what do you think about this matchup? Well, we've talked about Cars 3, and as I said, I really like Cars 3. Um, but I will say I, I think that Toy Story 3 has a reputation that is deserved which is that it is emotionally very powerful. I mean, it has, like, so many scenes in it. Like, the the fire scene, <laughs> like, <laughs> that yeah. is oh. the incinerator. I mean, that's a pretty amazing, heavy, heavy scene that it totally, like, fits in with everything that's come before. It's not like it's this totally out-of-the-blue thing. Um, but it fits really emotional. But then that whole last part of the movie is, is I just think a beautiful summation of everything that had been in the previous three movies. And I just love that final scene with Bonnie and Andy um, playing with his toys for the last time. And it's a, it's a, it's a really, really, but and aside from that, it's also really funny. Like the, the jokes in Toy Story 3 are really good. Like with Mr. Potato Head, um, like being all using all these other things for his body, like the tortilla and and the, what is the cucumber. Like it's it's really really it's got some great physical humor and um, of course the the cast the voice cast of these Toy Story movies is just amazing and um, some really good stuff and a lot of them um, have pa- have passed on now like Don Rickles who's um, Mr. Potato Head is no longer with us sadly but yeah so there's a lot of great yeah. voice actors in in the Toy Story movies and. They get lots of good stuff to do in Toy Story 3. So I would say Toy Story 3 in this in this matchup. Okay. Shannon, what do you think? Um, I agree 100%. I feel like we should be arguing more, but that's like a no-brainer for me. I, can't, I haven't seen Curse 3 yet. I should stop saying that when it's movies I haven't seen. Um, Toy Story 3 is my favorite of that trilogy. Um, and I do think it depends a lot on what is set up in two and one and two. Um, so maybe that's unfair, but I think this movie came out maybe the year after I started college. Um, so it hit me at like the exact right time where I'm like, Oh, I'm growing up just like Andy. And there are all these childhood things I have to leave yeah. behind. And, 
Um, so maybe it's just partly that, that it was like the exact right time in my life to see that film. Um, but yeah, I just think it's so beautiful, but yes, also funny. Um, one of the toys is Totoro and that always just brings me delight (laughs) (laughs) to have a Miyazaki reference in there. Um, yeah, I, I just love that one a lot. Yeah. Um, I've already said that I really love Cars 3. I tend to judge everything based on the lessons it's teaching my kids. Um, again, because of my experience with Cars 2 and realizing that kids tend to obsessively focus on the things that they like, I'm very <laughs> like careful about what I introduce my kids to. Yeah. So I tend to approach this from the perspective of if my kid is going to hyperfixate on one of these movies, which one would I rather have them hyperfixate on? <laughs> nice. Um, so between them, it's really tough. Um, I don't know, because Toy Story 3 teaches good messages about like letting go, not just as far as childhood goes, but also just you know letting go of things and moving on with your life and knowing that that's okay. Um, and Cars 3 teaches good messages about like feminism and age and I don't know. Um, I think I'm going to go with you guys on this and go with Toy Story 3. (laughs) I mean, I would argue that Toy Story 3 is not really meant for children. (laughs) Um, It is an animated film, but I think it's a lot more poignant for adults. Um, And I like that Pixar is brave enough to do that because these are family films that, that, you know, they can give these really deep subject matters that I think a lot of that's going to go over kids' heads and they won't think about it too much, but they're still willing to like put that stuff in there. And I appreciate that about this company. And Toy Story 3 was nominated for, it was Pixar's first nomination for best picture, not just best animated picture. So that's kind of a cool thing. Or no, maybe Up was before that. So it was the, it was a second time they were, but it was nominated for Best Picture. Nice. Rightly so. Yes. <laughs> Shannon loves the Oscars here, so. <laughs> nice. I will say, though, the, the two times that Pixar got in, um, it's because they extended the Best Picture race to 10. I know. It's so sad. <laughs> but I wish they had still kind of done that because I do like that we get more variety. There's so many animated films that deserve that sort of recognition. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they stopped. They, they stopped nominating animated films. Like Pixar got in a couple of times and then Cars 2 happened and kind of like broke the whole streak. And like Pixar's never made it back into the, the best picture category ever since. Kind of sad. Yeah. Sad. It'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on to Ratatouille versus Finding Dory. Um, so Ratatouille is a movie about a rat in Paris. <laughs> who wants to be a chef and finding dory is the sequel to finding nemo um so it's a story about these fish um in the ocean and dory has short-term memory loss so she can't remember like her family or where she's from or what her past is um but she hits her head and she remembers and so they make this journey across the ocean to try to reunite her with her family right yeah yeah all right, so Derek, what do you think? So Finding Dory, I like that Finding Dory is pretty sad. Like it kind of, it, 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 it explores how um, Dory's um, like differences would make, it, would make her life um, challenging. And it, it doesn't 
doesn't just make fun of her. I, I think it. I think it's a very compassionate movie, which I really like. Um, it also has some zany, which I've already said that I love zaniness, and there's probably nothing that Pixar has ever done that is zanier than that climactic scene in Finding Dory with, uh, like, where the fish are somehow driving vehicles, and um, <laughs> it, it's, it's that's a little much for some people, which I fully can respect, but it, that's the kind of stuff that I really love seeing, because it's just ridiculous. Um, so Finding Funny Dory, I think, is a pretty strong, pretty strong entry. Um Ratatouille, speaking of movies that doesn't... Ratatouille, I think, is the most like this, that it doesn't feel like it's for kids. It's It just... it, it To me, it feels like it has the plot of, like, a classic Hollywood movie and um, just the things... And, and, but it, and it also has zaniness with the rat, like, puppet, puppeteering <laughs> his human person, which I love. So Ratatouille um, is what I would go with, and it's one of my favorite Pixar movies, actually. Brad Bird... Um, has such a unique vision directorially and I think it comes through in a lot of the the scenes in Ratatouille. I just, I, a really interesting film. It's also one of my favorite Pixar scores. Michael Giacchino just did a, a beautiful score on this movie, I think. I love the music. Um, very like French influenced, but yeah, it's a great, great musical yeah. score. So I would go with Ratatouille here. I 100% agree with you about the score, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shannon, what do you think? Um, so it's been a while since I've seen Ratatouille, um, and I think I should probably revisit it because I keep hearing glowing reviews about it. People who really love it. Um, it also, um, I'm trying to work through. BBC did a list of the hundred greatest films of the 21st century, mm-hmm. um, and it's on that list. Um, and it's not full of animated stuff and so to be one on that list um yeah a lot of critics like it um it my personal thing on this I think would be finding Dory just because um I watched it on a plane even <laughs> I didn't even see it in the theater um and I think it just the way it surprised me so I think it was really expectations with me on this one um I wasn't so the impression I've got with the Cars sequels which is why I hadn't seen Cars 2 is that they took made her like kind of the comic relief of the movie and then it wasn't as good. And so I'm sitting here thinking, oh, Finding Dory will probably be that way too, that she's a comic relief of the first one. Um, And like Derek was saying, it's like actually really touching um, the story and she's not just a joke. Um, There's really good bits in it, like uh, Sigourney Weaver's voice in the aquarium (laughs) is really funny. (laughs) Love it. Um, I love, um, I can't remember what the octopus's name is, but Ed O'Neill, like doing that voice. That's so fun. Um, so yeah, I think maybe just the bar was low for me on that one, but it really surprised me. Like, I think it's maybe not quite up to Finding Nemo standards, but it was pretty dang close. So I'd like, that would be my vote. Okay. Um, so no pressure for me, but the deciding vote. Oh boy. Oh, man. Um, So I really like Finding Dory. I agree with what both of you have said about how Dory is, like, the approach to her is very compassionate. Um, And again, I'm approaching this from the perspective of, like, the lessons I want my kids to learn. And I I appreciate that, especially in that movie. Um, Ratatouille also teaches some really good lessons, though, because it's about, like, not judging somebody based on their appearance or judging their skills or what they're capable of doing. Um, yeah, I, you know, and I also love Patton Oswalt <laughs> and I love right. the, 
I love the, sorry, what, Derek? No, just, yeah, I love Patton Oswalt as well. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Um, so, yeah, I, and I love the score of it, but I also love, like, their <laughs> incorporation of, like, French jazz and stuff, and I have to go with Ratatouille. Sorry, Shannon. No, that's fair. I'll say um, one thing I really like about that. My favorite scene in that movie is with Anton Ego at the end and how he eats the ratatouille and is like transported back into when he was a little boy eating it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that movie has some good moments. I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> it's really good. Another thing that's really interesting about Ratatouille, honestly, actually, Ratatouille, I want to write a book about Ratatouille. <laughs> Someday, in 10 years, you're, you're going to see a book on the, sh- on the shelves about Ratatouille. Because um, it kind of plays a really interesting role in Pixar's history. Because for a long time, Pixar was um, its own company. And um, the first you know, several movies that they made were made with a deal, a contract with Disney, but they were still separate companies. And then things were not going very well with their relationship, and they split off and were no longer going to be working together at all. And Michael Eisner was still in charge of Disney at the time. And they were making their next movies, and Ratatouille would have been their first movie that would come out without Disney. And so I think in a lot of ways, it kind of represents this like fulcrum moment of, of Pixar's history, where... Um, there, and there was a lot of intense behind-the-scenes stuff with that movie. It, it, the director was replaced, and there's a lot of stuff that hasn't come out, really, that I don't know. I would really like to know about the behind-the-scenes of that movie. But um, then, in the course of making the film, um, Disney ended up buying Pixar, and Michael Eisner left, and there was a new CEO brought in, and um, their relationship was repaired. But for a long time, Ratatouille was kind of projected to be the first post-Disney Pixar movie. And I think that the pressure of that is really interesting. I think it would make a really interesting story to find out what, what went on behind the scenes there. But it's an interesting kind of thing that Ratatouille represents in Pixar's history. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the kind of stuff I love, the <laughs> politics behind it. Yeah. So please write that. Book. Yeah, <laughs> we want to read that. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on to WALL-E versus Toy Story 2. <gasps> Um, so we've kind of already yeah. talked about Toy Story 2, but Shannon, do you want to sum up what Wally is about? Sure. Um, so <laughs> the first part of this movie um, is essentially without dialogue. You have this little robot um, whose job is to collect garbage and kind of pack it into a cube. Um, it's on this planet that no one's inhabiting it anymore because it's just full of garbage. Um I'm trying to think of how, so a little, like, another little robot comes down, and how does he get on, he ends up on a spaceship, (laughs) destroying this plot. (laughs) She's searching for any sign of life, and he has this little plant growing in a boot. That's right. And so she grabs it and puts it inside of herself. And And Wally's immediately infatuated with this other robot, and so he follows her. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's about humanity returning to Earth after they've overpolluted it and had to leave. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. So, Derek, what do you think of this matchup? <laughs> well, I've already said that Toy Story 2 for a long time was my favorite movie of all time. And, like, really, from the time I was 12 to, like, a few years ago, Toy Story 2 was my favorite. And it was more it was more than Wally. But I'm actually going to pull a twist here and choose Wally over Toy Story 2. Yay! As I've kind of grown older, um, some of my sensibilities of like what I value about movies, I think, has changed a little bit. And it's become more impressive to me um, over the years how just unique Wally is. I mean, Wally, and it's, again, looking back at Pixar's history, it's like, 
there's this string of Ratatouille, Wally, and Up that just have the most bizarre like ambition, like a like, really impressive ambition. And um, like was said, Wally starts out and it's like a Charlie Chaplin movie. I mean, it's like this silent <laughs> movie and so Charlie Chaplin influenced. Um, and the the humor is great. I do think that Wally has some issues toward the end. Like I. Um, I don't. I don't really love the use of the two thousand one music. It sort of like undermined <laughs> the like it used like humor to kind of undermine the power of that moment for me. That's like a very small nitpick, nitpick that I've always had. But <laughs> just for that opening part alone, um, and the the dancing sequence in Wally is like oh, one yeah. of its finest achievements. I think it's just beautiful. So I'm gonna go with Wally over Toy Story two here. Okay. Yay. Sure. I already revealed my vote. It's Wally. (laughs) Um, This is my favorite one for a long time. And I feel like people have always given me crap about it. So I appreciate the vote for it. Um, Yeah, I think it's largely because of that, like, opening sequence. I just think it's so beautiful. And the choice of using Hello, Dolly with it is great. Um, I do think the film hits you over the head just a little bit with its like environmental message. Um, I, that could have been maybe a little bit more subtle, but it is a kid's movie. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Just the ambition there of like, we're just, it's an animated kids film and we're just not going to have words (laughs) for the whole part. Um, but Pixar have been doing that for a long time though. Like you get so much out of what the character is doing and not just what they're saying. So the, that to the test um it's visually really beautiful um yeah i do think the first half of it like before he goes on to the spaceship um is more solid um it kind of gets kooky with like humans are are now like bloated versions of themselves and um but yeah i just like it a lot and wally's so cute (laughs) and um yeah Yeah. i don't know what i'm saying um Sorry, I am going to, um, I guess, third you guys' vote. <laughs> I'm really surprised um, <laughs> right now by this. And delighted. And delighted. <laughs> I just, I, yeah. I love Wally because of uh, its music, and I love how much characterization you get from characters who don't speak. Um, it held my kids' attention, which I was really surprised about because there's so little dialogue. Um, and I like the messages that it teaches. Like, like you said, the environmental message is a little bit heavy-handed for adults. But for my kids, who are selfish yeah. and like have no perception of anything outside of themselves, <laughs> um, it taught them very quickly. Like, you have to clean up your trash, and you have to take care of the earth. And I'm like, yeah, that's an important message. I want my kids to know. You also have to get up and exercise, or else you're going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Uh. Um, just because I always care about the Oscar stuff, this is the one that, um, I think this was the year before they expanded the best picture race and it was Mm -hmm. so close to getting in. And so I was really bitter when it didn't. Same. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. I think it was one of the reasons that they, that they, this in the dark night, I think. I was like, going to say, everyone else says it's dark night, but I'm like, yeah. no, Wally. I actually, I'm with Wally. you. I'm with, I'm with you. Yep. <laughs> Great. Well, let's move on to the next matchup. So we've got Monsters University and Finding Nemo. Um, so I, confession, I've seen every movie on this list except for Monsters University. 
Mm-hmm. So somebody else is going to have to sum it up. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> it's been a while since. Derek, I, I can take it. Yeah, I can take it. So, <laughs> Monster University um, is a prequel to Monsters Inc. So you see Mike and Sully when they were young and in college, and they um, didn't like each other at first. And the cool thing about Monsters University is that it kind of flips the the roles that, of the two characters in in Monsters Inc. When we meet Mike and Sully, Mike is this very supporting character, and Sully is like the the guy uh, between the two of them that um, you know is actually is doing the scaring and and kind of is the, is the more important person at work stuff like that. But w- when you meet them when they're younger, you see that it's the reverse that Sully is kind of this punk kid, and uh, Mike has all this ambition and he really wants to be the best scarer. So I, I like that it flips your expectations there, but that that's kind of what Monsters University is about. Okay. And then Finding Nemo, um, like we talked about earlier with Finding Dory, it's about fish in the ocean. And um, (laughs) so Marlon is a dad. He has a son named Nemo. Um, His wife and all of his other unborn children were eaten by a shark, right? Yeah. Um, So Nemo was born with uh, one, like malformed fin like it's undersized so um marlin is all about protecting nemo he's overprotective but then nemo is captured by some humans and put into a tank in a dentist's office so it's all about marlin's quest to save his son and bring him home nice yeah cool so derek what do you think of the matchup um so like i said um i like how monsters universe the flips kind of your expectations and I would really I, for me Monsters University is right up there with Finding Dory in terms of uh, follow up to a previous movie that is better than it should be in some ways it's like surprisingly better like it's surprisingly really good um, it had a big shoes to fill um, but did a pretty decent job of filling them I think I, it's kind of one of the more underrated Pixar movies to, in my opinion Monsters University is um, it's got a great music also Randy Newman coming back doing great Randy Newman stuff um, but I would say Finding Nemo, um, is, is a more, it's just, it, you watch Finding Nemo and it's like an instant classic. You just know this is like going to be an important movie for decades and because, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just so good. Um, the, the voicing, the voice acting is so good. Um, Albert Brooks is such a great choice for Marlon and I just think he does a really, really good job. And Ellen DeGeneres is Dory is just the perfect um, companion to him. And they, yeah, it's, it's a great movie. So I would say Finding Nemo. Okay. What about you, Shannon? <laughs> um, I'll try, talk first about what I like about Monsters University. Now that it's all come back to me. Um, Cause they do these games. So like the monsters join like Greek life. What do you call it? Sororities and fraternities in the monster world. I don't know. Um, and what I really like, so I can't remember if it's, I think it's both Mike and Sully are in this, like, the underdog fraternity thing, Uzma Kappa. Um, and earlier today, so I actually saw um, an off-Broadway, like, Harry Potter spoof thing mm. um, about Hufflepuffs. <laughs> and the whole nice. film was kind of about, like, let's look at the underdogs and how they're actually, like, behind the scenes helping everyone else out and how they sacrifice just as much as everyone else did and Shannon that's a play about my people yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but as I was thinking about Monsters University, it's kind of like that same story. Like the underdogs kind of trying to come through and beat. They have all of like the top scarers, you know, in these other groups. And um, even though I don't know, some of them have kind of like um, powers. Or they don't seem as scary or whatnot. They kind of like all come through as a team. And so there's something really nice about that message of like the underdogs. Again, like if you're the type that's bullied or you're a little unique or whatnot, like you too can win and I don't know, do your thing. Um, so that's really cute. But I agree that Finding Nemo is a classic and it would be ridiculous to vote against it. Um, I don't know. It's uh, there are few Pixar movies that are absolutely about humans, but they're all very human stories. And so this one is just a perfect, um, I, I'm not a parent and I'm sure Courtney will speak to this more, but that's what I imagine. I'm a worrier myself. And so I imagine one day, should I have children? Like that is what I'm going to be like. And that just seems like a very real thing to me. Yeah, um, following up on that, Finding Nemo hits really close to home for me because my son has anxiety. And uh, that's something that Marlon struggles with is um, being brave and taking risks and putting his faith in people. And so I really value it for the lessons that it teaches my son specifically, but also my daughter. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys and say Finding Nemo. We're agreeing too much. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to argue with you. (laughs) It's going to get hard in a minute. Um, I suspect that I will probably argue a lot with you guys on this next one. (laughs) So the next matchup is Up versus Brave. Oh, no. (laughs) Are we going to argue? Can I talk about Up? (laughs) I'm excited to find out. Yeah, please. Talk about Up. So Up is about this man named Carl Fredrickson. And at the beginning of the film, it kind of goes through his marriage with his wife, Ellie. Um, and where it ends up, they have this happy life together and it ends up where she has passed away. Um, and he is left and he's kind of holding on to everything he remembers about her, which includes this house that he, they, you know, uh, girled together in. And so he loves the house. Um, the neighborhood is kind of, um, I guess they're, what do they do? They're like trying to build a new development or something on it. They want his house, uh, but he doesn't want to give it up. And so he decides that he's going to like tie all of these balloons to it and float the house away to paradise falls where he and Ellie always dreamed of going. Um, and there's a little boy scout Russell. That's a stowaway. Um, Anyway, and basically Carl's just this kind of curmudgeonly guy that's all upset because he no longer has his wife with him. Um, that's the setup. <laughs> nice. Great. Um, Derek, do you want to just introduce what Brave is? Sure. Yeah. So Brave, Pixar's um, first, I guess, only fairy tale, uh, but it's an original fairy tale. It's not based on anything. Um, it's got, it features Merida, who is a princess. And um, she is kind of being married off or there's all these suitors, these male suitors, but she's like, no, I don't want these people. And um, she is really good at bow and arrows. Uh, but she, so she, the, the central relationship is between her, her and her mom. They have kind of a, a difficult relationship. And uh, it's so difficult that she, Merida ends up turning her mom through a series of unfortunate events into a bear and then has <laughs> 
figure out how to, I guess, turn her back into a human and like um, their relationship kind of picks up from there. Yep. Cool. So, uh, Derek, what do you think about this matchup? <laughs> well, I'm excited. It sounds like there's some strong feelings that are coming out. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear what, what those are. But for me, these are two movies that I, I both love and that I both wish like had different things about them like i'll start with up so up has this um this premise that is just amazing to me and i i love i love that it has the scene where an old man ties balloons to a house and it floats away like that's and speaking of miyazaki that seems like very miyazaki um influenced um just this kind of wild idea told really beautifully and and, and then up also has that that sequence at the beginning life where you you see their relationship uh, between Carl and Ellie uh, form in their early relationship and it just takes you from zero to a thousand miles per hour emotionally right in the first five minutes of the movie um, so that's a really impressive scene but then I feel like it gets kind of disjointed at the end there's just things about it that don't quite click in some way in some way for me um, like I wish that the that the talking dogs flying planes like worked for me but it kind of like was like a step too far or something. I don't know. I, I couldn't quite uh, go with it on that. And then with with Brave, I just really wish that um, the original writer and director, Brenda Chapman, had been able to stay on for this because she created this thing and then she was fired from the project. And it, I think we've learned in more recent years, in more recent like months even, um, about about the the way that women have sometimes been treated at Pixar and we can talk about all these movies and a lot of they're, they're so good, but one thing that they're missing is a lot of really um, strong female characters. And so Brave has that, I think. Um, but I also think that it shows in a way that it was taken over by a male director that was kind of more interested in the kind of monster aspects of like the, the bear. And I think, so I, to me, Brave is like a disjointed movie in some ways, but I also, I know people that just completely love it, and I, I wish, like, I, 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 I respect that opinion as well, um, but those are kind of my feelings about Brave. I, so, I, between the two of them, I would go with Up over Brave, and those are some reasons why. <laughs> Do we know why Brenda Chapman was fired from the project? Did they ever give, like, an exact for that, or? I mean, like, not really. Like, they just basically, Pixar, from Pixar's perspective, I think what they said was like it, the story wasn't working, and you know, and a lot, this has happened a number of times. Right, mm -hmm. we had a new director change. I mean, a lot of the Pixar movies have had director changes um, on them, but um, so we don't. I don't. I, that's one of those things that you. I don't think you'll ever really know <laughs> unless, unless yeah. you can somehow talk to people that are going to be totally honest with you that they were there. Yeah, there's any kind of interesting history with its directors lately too. So, huh. yeah. So am I talking about what yeah, <laughs> I like? Go for it. I'm going to um, save my rant for the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I hate to vote. I think Derek brings up a really the brave. There's obviously these feminist undertones on it. I am a feminist. I speak up about that a lot. And so I can't believe I'm going to vote against brave, but I love up so much. And it's probably my favorite on this entire list. Um, yeah, Brave, I <laughs> I guess I can't really say. It. It's probably the same reason you said that I'm, like, it was fine. I think my expectations coming into it were lower and it exceeded those. I was more excited about it than I thought. There's a lot of cute things 
things like um, the little brothers in it are really cute. Yeah. Um, her figuring out she doesn't need to be married to be powerful. And I, yeah, there's a lot of good things going on there, but up is, I'm starting to see like themes and things I like whole first sequence without any dialogue with the music, just the music. Um, I've played that on the piano and even that will make me well up just hearing yeah. it without any of the visuals <laughs> attached to it. Um, yeah, I just, it's so sweet that he, um, there's also that theme of kind of having to let go and move on like in Toy Story 3. So um, it's just, there's the part in the beginning where it never explicitly says it, but you can see that they had tried to have children and they couldn't. And so mm-hmm. for this little boy to come along and Carl to like kind of get his chance to be a parent, it is really interesting to me. Um, yeah, there's... And that, you know, he lets his wife's memory live on, but then realizes, like, I can't just sit in my house. And it's not about the things. It wasn't the things that were important to that marriage and the house and all of that. It was, like, my memory of her and all the experiences we shared together. So I just love that message. Cool. All right. So here are my thoughts. (laughs) So I love Brave. um, And I get up. My husband gives me a hard time about this all the time. I don't understand why, because it's such a good movie. Um, I, when we first saw it, we didn't have kids yet. And I loved it because I loved the idea of this girl who's powerful and yeah, she's a princess, but she's powerful regardless of her lineage. And she doesn't want to be forced into a marriage for political reasons. And I loved that it was the first real princess movie that we got that was centered around romance and marrying a prince and I found that really refreshing. Um, also, my family is Scottish, and uh, so I related to it on a very personal level. Um, now that I have kids, I really value this movie because it teaches the importance of family and um, you know personal relationships, but especially it, <laughs> it helps you appreciate your mother. <laughs> you don't want uh, your kids turning you into a bear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do not want to be turned into a bear. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and it is Mother's Day weekend while we're recording this. So I'm, That's true. I'm feeling the need to really push this movie. I appreciate that perspective. Me <laughs> too. Film. It's another one I feel like I should rewatch. Yeah. yeah. So like on a personal level, my vote is for Brave, but <laughs> I'm clearly outvoted here and I actually am okay with that because Up is a really great movie. Um, like Shannon mentioned in the opening, it, it, it shows that they're like trying to have kids and they're not able to. And that's an issue that is often swept under the rug and not talked about. So I like that it's addressed in this movie, especially a kid's movie. Um, I like my kids kind of growing up knowing that this is an issue that a lot of people face and being sensitive to that. Um, And like when I watch this movie with my kids, well, anytime I watch a movie with my kids, we kind of are talking about it as we go. And I'm like explaining some of the emotions that the characters are feeling that might be above their heads. And so when we watch up, one of the things that we always are talking about is how people are more important than things. Um, my kids nice. forget that a lot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll say good. to you that I, I saw this one in 3D. I think I talked my family into it. And it was so beautiful because there's, mm. I mean, a lot of 3D stuff now to, or at least back then when it came out, it was 
like they would add things into it that would play into the 3D stuff. So like things falling at you. And this movie didn't have any of that. It was just like really beautiful. And seeing it in that other dimension was like just heightened the like bright colors in it and the depths in this. And I don't know. So nice. visually it's really gorgeous too. And the music is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Cool. So moving on, um, let's talk about Inside Out versus Cars. So we kind of already talked about what the first Cars movie is about. Um, so it's Lightning McQueen trying to be successful as a racer, but also realizing he needs to have people he cares about and who care about him. Um, Inside Out is a movie about a girl named Riley, and um, it happens mostly like physically in her own head, in her brain. Um, so basically her emotions are characters who control what happens control what she does um, by pressing buttons and they're making memories. Mm -hmm. And um, so the main character is joy who's voiced by Amy Poehler, who is a delight. Um, And so Riley's dad gets a job in a new city. And so they pick up and they move. Um, She's a hockey player and they're moving to San Francisco. So that's hard for her. Um, And it's basically about kind of coming of age and how to deal with trauma and, sadness like when you get to that point in your life when you realize that you can't be happy all the time and realizing that that's okay yeah yeah cool so derek why don't you head us off on this okay um well so yeah cars has um a lot of great stuff in it uh which i'll just say state that and so that i can move on and talk about inside out (laughs) because to me inside out I'll, i'll say i do i do really like cars i think the first cars is another one of those underrated picture movies in some ways. I mean, underrated in some ways. It's also like the most popular in the world for kids. So I don't know. But to me, Inside Out is like the, the culmination of what Pixar does best. It's it's all these ideas that, that have come up. Like there's a lot of ideas about nostalgia and growing up and moving on and how we reconcile with our past. And a lot of that is personified in this amazing character named Bing Bong. Um, and... <laughs> just a word. Um, so to me, Inside Out is is really the is is just I don't know. I just I just love this movie so much. I think the music is great. Um, I think the the message is really one of the most complex messages, not just for kids but for adults. I think that can, we can sometimes forget that like sadness is an okay emotion to feel, and like sometimes it's really good to like let our, even our most treasured memories turn blue in some way like that's it it's that that the way the way that this movie visualizes and dramatizes how that is so scary and so um sad like we don't want that to happen to our memories and we don't want sadness to be part of our life but the way the movie just so beautifully illustrates how important all our emotions are and um gives vocabulary to those things i just think puts it on another level i i think inside out is an amazing film and i can't wait see what Pete Doctor does next. Pete Doctor did uh, Monsters, Inc. and then Up and then In. And so I'm really excited to see what he does next. I think he's one of Pixar's shining stars. Um, and Inside Out is, I think, one of Pixar's best films for sure. Yeah. What do you think, Shannon? Um, I'm in agreement again. <laughs> um, I, I will say about Cars, um, I feel like I keep talking on this podcast that I'm going to Disneyland and I'm really excited about Cars Land. <laughs> I nice. think um, just that world, there's a lot of fun things within Cars. Um, 
just all the little stores that they have um, in Par- what is it even called now? I can't remember. Radiator Springs. Um, there's a lot of fun things going on there, but just the message of Inside Out for all the reasons you said, I just think it's so good. Um, I I cry at everything. <laughs> Um, I'm a very emotional person. I get that from my mother. Um, but I struggle with depression too. And so just the message of this, that sometimes it's okay to be sad. Um, I think that's so important to tell kids that you don't have to be happy all the time and just like a balance between all of these emotions. It's not just, you have to be bright and sunny and shiny. Um, Amy Poehler is, she's just the perfect person to do this, yeah. I love her as Leslie Nope so much, and this yeah. was just Leslie Nope <laughs> inside your head. Um, yeah, it's really adorable, and I love it. Yeah, um, I do like cars. Um, I will say that the first one came out a year after we went on a family road trip along Route 66. Ooh. So, a lot of the things in Radiator Springs are based on real landmarks. Aww. Um, and so it was fun going to see the movie and being like, oh, I've, been, I've seen that real thing. Yeah. Like, that's based on this. That's based on this. Um, and cool. the soundtrack of that movie is also really fun. I'm a big country music person. And so, I don't know. It had a lot of good country artists. I like redoing yeah. rock and roll stuff. Yeah, that soundtrack is great. And I'm actually not even the biggest country fan, but I've listened to that soundtrack. It's such a good road, road, uh, oh, like yeah. road trip soundtrack. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, that being said, I am also going to say Inside Out. It's a pretty clear choice for me. Um, Inside Out, like I think Derek said this, it gives us really great vocabulary for kids to help understand their emotions. Um, and basically it makes it so that like these mental health t- topics are accessible for kids. And I think that's important. Um, so yeah, and I really like the the lessons that it teaches my kids about their emotions, especially since we, um, since we deal with uh, anxiety in our family and other other needs. So, yeah, I'm gonna vote for Inside Out. Nice. All right, cool. So that brings us to Monsters Inc. versus Toy Story. Um, so we've kind of already talked about Toy Story. It's a uh, toys that come to life. Um, Monsters Inc. is about monsters that scare kids, and then. Um, basically harvest their screams and screams are used as energy in their world. Um, so they're, they're going about their jobs and then one of the kids comes into their world and it's about the havoc that that causes. Um, so Derek, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, well, this is a, this is a really tough matchup for me because I think they're both um, a couple of the greatest films of all time. Um, I think Toy Story um, kicked off a great franchise, but in and of itself is a really terrific movie. It's, I mean, even, I think may, there ought to be some points for like history of, a, you know, the, the, the historical significance of Toy Story, just being the first fully computer animated movie. That's really seems important. <laughs> I don't know. Um, great cast, as I've already talked about. But um, I would actually go with Monsters, Inc. in this, in this battle. Uh, I was rewatching it. I don't know. It's probably a year ago or so, but I was just really impressed by this movie. Um, it's it, it's got heart, you know. Of course, the the character of Boo and her relationship to Sully in particular is really good. Um, it's got humor. Um, it might actually be. It's kind of a weird choice, but it might be my favorite 
his film score from Pixar. Randy Newman's score is like really jazzy and just really great all throughout. Um, but it's also, to me, it just hits this part in my brain and my heart that I love so much of just really inventiveness. Um, this the the climax with the doors and and you're you're upside down and uh, right side up and um, popping in and out of all these places. I just think is such a delightful thing to watch as a viewer. I would love to go. I want Disneyland to make some kind of ride where it's like you're going. I don't know how they would do it, but um, <laughs> I would love I would love that. I I think Monsters Inc is a great movie. I think it's really uh, deep and I would. I would say it's close, but I would put it over Toy Story. Okay. What do you think, Jen? Shocker. <laughs> um, I, I like both of these two. I, I don't think either of them are in my like top like favorites and so kind of hard. I, I think I would have to say Toy Story just because of its, um, because it was the first one, <laughs> like yeah. every other Pixar film. Um, someone had to do it first and to do it so well, um, just starting out the trend of CGI films and I don't know, it still holds up so well, even though it was the earliest one of these. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'm more to say that. that. Yeah. Um, I am really struggling with this <laughs> because uh, it's like months. I like monsters Inc. I probably prefer watching it to Toy Story just because like the main character in Toy Story is Woody and he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I struggle with that. Um, Monsters Inc. I really like, but like Billy Crystal is not my favorite either. He's a little much. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Can I defend Toy Story a little bit more now that I think more about it? I he's a jerk but I think the good lesson out of it too is um we have this culture especially now with social media of comparing each other and that's what what he's doing with Buzz like he's the new thing and he's but instead of showing instead of focusing much on Buzz being new and he's different than me and he might be better and all of this it's more about like I don't know he has this whole history with Andy I don't know it, I like that they're friends even with their differences. Yeah. Nice. It's a good lesson. You know, Shannon, I think you've won me over. <laughs> I think it's Toy Story for me. They're nice. both really so good. Me. Monsters Inc. also makes me cry a lot. <laughs> Someone had a had a poster going around that was like mocked up if there was um another sequel called Boo and like with her older oh, and yeah, anyway. Right. Nice. Um, that broke me just seeing it. So. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, cool. Let's move on then. Um, we've got Coco, which is a pretty new Marvel movie. I think it's the newest one. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. November. Yep. So Coco is really new, but it is the num highest rated of all the Pixar movies. Wow. So it's our number one seed. Um, I'll and tell you, like Coco. critically, that is. That is not the case, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad so you like IMDb users around Tomatoes users <laughs> loved it so much. It's a really good film. Yeah, um, so I'll just do a quick synopsis on Coco. So Coco is about Miguel, who is um, 
a little boy in Mexico. He wants to play the guitar, but um, because of past family history, no music is allowed in his family. And um, so he wants to play in a talent show, but he doesn't have a guitar. So he breaks into the tomb of Ernesto de la Cruz, who is a big folk hero. He was a famous actor and musician in Mexico. And so his guitar is on display in his, what do you call it, crypt, I guess. So he breaks in and tries to steal the guitar and he winds up cursed. And he, like none of the living people can see him. And he goes to the land of the dead and is trying to get the blessing of his family to go back. But they don't want him to play music. So, yeah, it's all about family and the day of the dead. And yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool. So Derek, what do you think? So this is going up against Incredibles, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's up. So I love Coco. I was so excited about it, um, and it, I was not disappointed at all in it. I was um, worried in some ways because um, there was a little bit of controversy at the beginning. I think Disney made a move of like, trying to trademark. Day of the Dead or some ridiculous thing like that. Oh, uh, so there were like signs of like, is this going to be handled well? But I thought, I think a lot of Disney animations, Moana, um, it was a, another movie that I really loved. Um, I think that Pixar did a really great job of shifting the focus away from just uh, like American characters and portraying a non-American culture in a way that was really sensitive and, and beautiful. I know a lot of uh, Mexican and Mexican-American artists from all kinds of voice actors and other artists um, contributed to this movie. And I think that probably helped a lot um, to make it what it is. But to me, it's, it's one of the most uh, thoughtful and beautiful Pixar movies. So this is really tough because Incredibles is right up there with maybe my, my top choice of all of them. So it's really, I don't know, this is really hard for me. I think I will go with the Incredibles, but okay. it's very tough because, like I said, I think folks are really, really cool. Okay. What do you think, Shannon? Um, I don't mean to make this out like I didn't like Coco because it's now that I'm thinking more about it, it's hard to do. I, there's a lot to appreciate about Coco. I was kind of worried going into it. I didn't know if I was going to like it as much, and I was really surprised by how, um, how emotional I was about it about it how beautiful it was um I was watching Incredibles this morning and I will say um the incredible I can't remember what year that was it was like 2004 or it's back a little ways um just looking at that I mean technology has improved even since then and so looking at those visuals and thinking what I saw in Coco you know six months ago I think Coco is visually um, more stunning especially like when he first walks into um I don't know what you'd like the land of the dead or whatever it is um just looks beautiful and how bright and colorful it is um I do love that they got um they didn't just appropriate this culture they brought in people who and they did a version um i like when i went home for thanksgiving um, i'm from las vegas and there's um a lot of hispanic families there and they were running the film in spanish just as much in english when my family went to the theater um so i really love that they did that um and especially trying to bring 
you know, it's important seeing yourself on the screen. And so that they gave all of these kids from these backgrounds, the opportunity to see themselves in Miguel was really great. Um, I mean, I would probably still pick things. Um, that's hard. I just don't want it out this early. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go Incredibles still, even though there's a lot to love about Coco. And the music in that one, too, is really great. <laughs> yeah, um, I have to be contrary and vote for Coco, <laughs> even though I know both of you have already voted for Incredibles. Um, I loved Coco when I saw it in the theater because it was visually stunning. I love the music. Um, I saw it with my kids, and I know my two-year-old, It was she was just happy to be in a movie theater, wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> um, since then, she has she loves movie she's constantly asking for ho ho because she can't say <laughs> cuss sounds yet Aww. Aww. Um, yeah and uh but so we were watching it with my kids in the theater and i was sitting there crying because um so his grandma coco she's uh she's struggling with dementia and memory loss and that's something that runs in my husband's family is alzheimer's and so that was hitting me on a personal level and so i was already crying and then my son leans over, and I had been worried throughout the movie that it was going over his head. And uh, leans over, and he grabs my hand, and he kisses my hand, and says, oh. "I'll always remember you, Mom." Wow. You didn't make me cry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it hit me fun. really hard when we saw it in the theater. <laughs> um, uh. And then since then, I mean, my kids love that movie. I think we've kind of already talked about how representation is important and this movie does a really good job of that my kids actually um so we were talking about it with them and we were like oh yeah miguel and my son stops me and goes no mom it's miguel <laughs> and um i i love that it's teaching them about a culture that they don't get to experience a lot um especially since we do live in utah and demographic wise they just don't get a lot of diversity um so yeah i my vote is for Coco, but I do love The Incredibles. So. <laughs> it's hard. Yes. I mean, definitely shout out for uh, Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, though. For I love Frozen <laughs> a lot, so yeah. I'm glad that they're follow-up to that. It's crazy to me that the guy that did, you know, Avenue Q and Book of Mormon is making yeah. kids' movies. So. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. All right, great. So we're out of that first round of the bracket. So we yeah, have five more matchups. <sighs> yeah, it's going to be painful. Okay. So Toy Story 3 versus Ratatouille. What are we thinking? Oh, boy. <laughs> For me, it's Toy Story 3. For the reasons I, I didn't vote for Ratatouille the first time. Yeah. So for the reasons I said, just uh, like... Thinking back to my childhood and becoming an adult, I just, it's a very, through these toys, like, just perfectly encapsulates what it feels like to grow up and have to move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think, And Derek? I'm going to go with Ratatouille. I'm just going to make it difficult and make a tiebreaker. <gasps> Wait, to me, I'm leaving this to Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's <laughs> stressing out. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know, Ratatouille, like I said, it, it it's such a mature movie. I, I love how it just is so strange <laughs> and, and that gets points for me. So, um, yep. Ratatouille, man. Ratatouille. The of it is amazing. 
yeah. I think I'm also going to go with ratatouille. Ooh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to compare the lessons that my kids would learn from each. And I feel like ratatouille is a little bit more valuable, but it's really close. Okay. Ratatouille it is. I'm feeling the heat now. This is intense. (laughs) Sorry, what was I'm just I'm heat now. This is intense. This is we're getting down to it. Tough choices. All right, so that brings us to Wally versus Finding Nemo. Um of the two, I think I prefer Finding Nemo. Can I vote Wally? Because I wanted to be contrarian on that. Yeah. That's very close for me. We had, can I tell a quick story that we had a debate? All of the um, conference rooms in my office are films. So we were in our, we were trying to debate what Pixar one should go in there. It was me and my coworker. And we both wanted Wally, even though we knew everyone was going to hate, we did that. And the one room that our CEO was against was Wally. Oh. It was like, really? You guys picked Wally? And we're like, yes, yes, we did. <laughs> okay, so Derek's. Uh, I, I'm actually going to go with Wally as well on this one. <laughs> um, I, I think. I, <laughs> I think Wally is really great. So it's, it's interesting. Finding Nemo and Wally are both Andrew Stanton movies. They both directed by Andrew Stanton, and um, I just think Wally is more ambitious. I it may not be as like perfect in some ways, but I think it goes for more in it. And the moments that it has are like just on another level for me beyond anything even in Finding Nemo. So I'm going with Wally. Okay, it lives to see another day. <laughs> <laughs> Does that right. bring us to the the matchup I've been dreading this entire time? <laughs> Inside, Inside out, out versus up. up. <laughs> These are my two favorites. <laughs> so that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> All right. So what's well, your I'll, vote? I'll rip the bandaid for me. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, oh sorry, no, make Derek do it first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just gonna. For me, it's Inside Out. So the, I'll I'll make it. I don't know if it makes it harder or easier to to start out with knowing that, but. Oh, to me, Inside that. Out, I think it's like the culmination. It's Inside Out is just so great. So Inside Out. <laughs> okay, Shannon. Uh, I, uh, do you want me to make my choice? <laughs> yeah, I do. Are you gonna say Inside Out? Because that would make it easier for me. Um, <laughs> if it were just decided for me. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was gonna say Inside Out. <laughs> no, but I kind of want to make you. <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna say up. Nice. <laughs> That's so rude. Um, uh, it's hard because I think Inside Out is the better film, but I think like this whole time, every Pixar movie that has come up after Up, I'm like, do I like it more? No, I still like that one better. Um, I'm gonna go with Inside Out because I know that in your heart of hearts, Courtney, you were gonna say that anyway, and you just wanted to bully me. <laughs> so. It wasn't bullying, Shannon. I was trying to empower you. <laughs> They're both so good. They are both very yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that brings us to Incredibles versus Toy Story. But <laughs> this is also horrible. <laughs> Um, I will say of the two, I prefer Incredibles. I think I do as well. Ew, it makes me sad to... Oh, and that means we pull Toy Story out of it all together? Yep. That would be awful. 
What do you think, Derek? Um, I agree. I'm going to go with Incredibles over Toy Story. I was going to go with that, too. Okay. Bye. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> We watched Toy Story so much as a kid. Mine growing up was Beauty and the Beast that we watched on repeat. My brother's Toy Story. <laughs> I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Okay, so that what brings us that to Ratatouille way? versus Wally. Yeah, Wally <laughs> for me. Yeah, that's easy for you. <laughs> that's an easy one for me. What do you this think, is, Derek? This is tricky for me. This is because. I think that these are both again. I would I would say Wally Ratatouille and Up are this like this uh, of of uh, Pixar's ambition right there. The, the I think it's like such a cool streak of three wild movies. Um, ah, this is really hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what you what you did, and I'm gonna go with Ratatouille so that you have to decide. But because <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with either one of these, I I I do think Ratatouille. Um, has I, I love I, I love the um I, I love I love the controlling the the rat controlling the man with with his like <laughs> as a puppet. There's just something so charming every time I watch that that it's just so beautiful. So I'm going about it too. All right. Shannon, do you want to choose next? No, you haven't I picked Wally. It's you. Oh you picked Wally. Oh it's me. Okay. <laughs> you have to make the it's yeah. Sophie's choice. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go with Ratatouille. Um, it's a it's a hard choice. It's a hard choice. But of the two, it holds my kids' attention but more. So I'm like, if I had to pick one for my kids to watch forever, <laughs> Ratatouille serves the purpose better because it keeps them more engaged. Yeah, <laughs> nice. The truth. <laughs> I can back you on that. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Nice. All right. So that brings us to the Incredible versus Head Out. Ooh, what a matchup. Yeah. I remember. I'm going to say that my choice is Inside Out. I think mine's also Inside Out. <laughs> I think mine's also Inside Out. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> but, but Incredibles is so good. <laughs> and it it's the really best superhero is. movie that's ever been made, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we need to defend our choice? We're all in agreement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Okay, so Battle Royale, Inside Out versus Ratatouille. Wait, is that really what we ended up with? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Wow, after all that. (laughs) Well, then my choice feels easy because this whole time I've been shutting Ratatouille down. (laughs) So I'm still with Inside Out on this. Sorry. Yeah. Ratatouille's the I, underdog of this of this whole thing. It's <laughs> the little rat that could. I will absolutely be rewatching that in the next week because Yeah. yeah I'm glad I made it this far. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> but I will also go with Inside Out. I think it's a perfect movie. I it is my like just even without doing this whole conversation, if you were to ask me what's my favorite Pixar movie, I would say Inside Out is my favorite Pixar movie. So it it not only beats Ratatouille to beats every other one as well. I think it's excellent. I was actually also going to say that. So <laughs> the <Great>. winner. Did it. <laughs> that was really fun, guys. Um. So now, for all of you listeners, you know beyond any shadow of a doubt what yep, the best the Pixar movie is. 
So yeah, we hope that gets you excited for Incredibles 2 coming out next week. Um, I know I'm really excited about it. I think we need to we need to poll poll our listeners on this and see if they come to the same conclusion. Yeah, Um, yeah. What are your picks, listeners? Yeah, yeah. I want to hear it. Absolutely. Cool. So we're going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, We'd like to thank Derek for coming on. Um, Derek, is there anything that you want to plug? Where can people find you? Um, Yeah, well, we've been talking about Pixar for about eight years. I had a podcast called the Pixar Podcast, but I actually just ended it. um, And I I started a new podcast um, and it's called Mosaic. And I'm pretty excited about it. It's um, kind of about a lot of different things. But uh, pop culture is plays a big role in it. Also, a lot of stuff about uh, faith and religion. It's kind of about everything <laughs> that I'm interested in. So, uh, mosaicpodcast.com. Yeah, you can find it. Um, and I'd love it if you check it out. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, we're going to have to take a listen to that. Um, so, as always, you can find us at our website, popculture-footnotes.com. We are also on iTunes tunes castbox fm a few other places um if you want to check us out on twitter we're at pc footnotes and you can find us on facebook at pop culture footnotes um also if you want to hear about something specific on the show shoot us an email we're pop culture footnotes at gmail.com we'd love to hear your ideas for topics that we should cover on the show things you want us to talk about things you want to know more about So, yeah, I think that's going to be it for us. Um, So join us next time. And uh, what are we talking about next time, Shannon? (laughs) Um, We are always all mixed up with our schedule. (laughs) So I don't know. I think it might be Jurassic Park. Uh, No. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know anymore. But join us next time. It's going to be a surprise. (laughs) It'll be great anywhere you go. Yep, and thanks again to Derek for coming on. Yeah, thank you. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.